0: are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. You read the prayer that Jesus prayed in the 17th chapter of John. He said, I finished the work you gave me to do. What do you mean he's finished the work? He hadn't even gone to the cross, hadn't died yet. But as far as he was concerned, he had. He'd made a decision and a commitment to it, and he was calling it done. Can you see that? Well, it makes a difference when you can understand that. You see, if you can understand what you know about that, it opens up other truths of the Bible. And that's the reason Jesus got so much criticism and so much flack from the religious people of that day. They had no earthly idea of how he was talking or what principles he was going by because he crossed their religious tradition. But the kingdom of God has come to the earth. Now just stay with me, it'll turn out all right. (laughs) Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, he said, Pray this way, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, he taught his disciples to pray that way. Now, somebody the other night said to me, Well, now, Jesus taught us to pray this prayer. No, Jesus didn't teach us to pray that prayer. He taught his disciples to pray that prayer. That is an Old Testament prayer. That is not a New Testament prayer. We don't pray that prayer today because the kingdom has already come. It has been set up in the hearts of men. It is a spiritual kingdom. It is no less powerful than that kingdom that will be set up in the New Jerusalem. It is part of the same kingdom, but it is a different manifestation of that kingdom. It is capable of supplying every human need that you have on the face of this earth through the kingdom of God. And the word of God is the seed that will produce in that kingdom. That's why Jesus spent so much time talking about sowing seed, reaping a harvest, and teaching us how the kingdom would work. Now, someone said, well, now, no, he was talking about the kingdom in the New Jerusalem. Well, now, you have to follow the scripture through the Bible, you see. In Mark, the ninth chapter, the first verse says that he said, Jesus said, to some of you standing here will not taste death till you see the kingdom of God come with power. Mm-hmm. So, see, that locates, that gives you the intent of the kingdom that Jesus was referring to. Now, when you understand that he's referring to a kingdom that was going to be set up in the hearts of men and women that were born again, it was capable of giving you everything you have need of in this life through the kingdom of God. Now, sometimes people say, oh, you're just teaching us that we're self-sufficient within ourselves. Oh, no, no. The reason it works is because God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost dwells in there. That's what makes it work. Jesus dwells in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And He said, If you keep My Word, we'll come and make our abode with you. We'll come and make our abode with you. You know what He's actually saying? He's saying, If you'll keep My Word, you have started a lifestyle inside you that is fit for God to live in. Now, boy, that's strong. It, I mean, He said, We'll just hack up and move in if you'll keep My Word. We'll dwell inside you, wall to wall, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. (laughs) Supply every need that you have. The kingdom is within. Now, he said, Pray the kingdom come, the will of God be done. Now, that has to be the will of God that it be on earth as it is in heaven, or Jesus wouldn't have taught his disciples to pray that way. So just stop and ask yourself, How is it in heaven? No lack up there, is there? It's a healthy place up there. No sickness up there. No disease up there. That is the will of God for the earth, for the planet earth. That has always been the will of God for this planet. It was that way until Satan came in. When Satan leaves, sickness will go with him. That ought to tell us something. But you see, you have people that believe, well, you know, if it wasn't God's will, why these things wouldn't be happening? let me ask you something is it god's will that any should perish no the bible says not god's will that any should perish but all should come to repentance but are there any perishing certainly there are the bible says christ died for the sinner but all sinners are not saved are they see you have to make a decision you have to have knowledge of that and then you have to act on it so the kingdom of god came and was set up in the hearts of men. And then in the 13th chapter here, Jesus is telling you how this kingdom works. And he says, the sower soweth the word. Now, you know, there's a principle involved here. I know that he's talking about speaking the word, sowing the word to get people saved. But it doesn't stop there. It works in all other areas of life. And you sow that word... You sow the seed for what you need. See, I was a farmer for nearly 30 years before I went into full time ministry. And I guess maybe I can understand these things a little easier than some people. But if you're going to raise corn, you've got to have a seed. Now, the Apostle Paul says concerning his ministry in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, he says, My preaching to you was not yea and nay, but my preaching was yes. And Amen. And he said, All the promises of God are yes and Amen. Now, what's he saying? He's saying that God has already said yes to every promise in this new covenant before you ever ask Him. God's already told you the answer is yes. Now, you often hear people say, Well, God always answers prayer, but sometimes He says yes and sometimes He says no. Well, that is true to a certain extent. Depends on what you ask. Now, Jesus said it this way. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. Now, he didn't say if you abide in me, ask what you will. See, we'd all had it made if he'd said that. He said if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now notice in there he didn't say a thing about God's will, did it? As far as saying it has to be the will of God, but yet God's will is involved in that. You know why? Because his word is involved in it. Because if his word abides in you, his will abides in you. And you know what the will of God is from his word. So therefore, you wouldn't be asking for something you know that was against the will of God. If you got it from a promise, now here's what I want to show you. If you got the seed from the word, you couldn't be out of the will of God. I mean, it's his word for it. I mean, how could it be wrong to ask for something that God has already given you? Somebody said, yes, but it might not be God's will for you to prosper. Well, then he ought not to put it in his word. I mean, somebody said, it may not be the banker's will for you to plant corn. Well, he ought not have given me the seed. Or the money to buy the seed, you know. God's already said yes to it. Now, we're just following the Holy Ghost here. I don't know where this thing's going, but the Holy Ghost does. (laughs) You see, if you understand that God has already said yes to all of his promises of the new covenant before you ever ask him. He's more interested in you have because he's already given it to you. It's not a matter of you talking God into it. It's a matter of you entering into it by faith. You enter into grace through faith. That's the only way you can enter into grace. Now, the only place that you could get faith to believe God for one of these promises to come true in your life is from the promise itself. That's the only place you can get Bible faith is from the Bible. Can you see that? So then, if it was not the will of God and you did not have scripture for it, it would be impossible for you to have Bible faith for it. You couldn't possibly have Bible faith for something you did not have scripture for. I get amused at the faith critics. They say, well, y'all just making God a big slot machine in the sky. They're afraid we're going to bankrupt God with our faith. <laughs> well, faith has a built-in control system. You see, John said, Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence in him. Whatsoever we ask of him, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. But you see, if you ask for something that you know is not the will of God, then you'll have a spiritual heart attack. Your heart will condemn you. And your faith won't work, it'll shut it down. It's just like overheating a circuit breaker. It'll just pop. And it won't work. You can't use faith to get something that God didn't want you to have. If you can't find it in the scripture, you can't have Bible faith for it. Now, you know, there might be certain things that you can find a principle that would carry over into the thing you're talking about. But here's the thing I want you to see. God can never say no to something he's already said yes to if you have the faith to believe it. Now listen to me. If you have the Bible faith from the Word of God, it is the substance of the thing, and it's impossible for God to say no to what he's already said yes to. Y'all still out there? You go home. Now I'm going to make another statement that's kind of strong, but it's true. It's impossible to pray the prayer of faith if you don't know the will of God be impossible for you to pray in faith about something that you don't know what God's will is. And that's where most of us miss it. We pray too quick before we get the knowledge and understanding of the Word. Can you say amen? amen? I appreciate so much you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now before I leave the broadcast, let me remind you, our offer all of this week will be CD offer number 7131. It's entitled, Jesus, the Seed of Righteousness. A single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. That's offer number 7131, Jesus, the Seed of Righteousness. You remember in John the 15th chapter, Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Husbandman means farmer. So his father is a farmer. So God is a farmer, and he knows how to, to plant what he needs. When he wanted righteousness back in the earth after the fall of man, he instigated a farm program to plant his son in the earth and to bring forth righteousness in this planet. Every branch, he said, in me beareth fruit. Now notice that he says in verse 5, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So God is a farmer. He knows how to produce what he needs. When Eve sinned and Adam committed high treason, turned the earth lease over to the enemy, then God had a problem on his hands. So he planted the seed of righteousness in the earth. Jesus was the seed that he planted. In Galatians, the third chapter, it tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith, Not unto seeds as many, but seed as one, and to thy seed which is Christ. But in verse 29 says, If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. So Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. You're the second born, third born, fourth born. Somewhere your number's in there if you've been born again. That's offer number 7131. A single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Kapps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus